Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. How are you today? Scott, I'm well. How are you? I am really good. I hear Um, you have a math problem for me. I do. I do. Today, we are going to geek out on the magic of compounding. Um. Let me give you my one of the my favorite um, bonus questions that my I think he was my pre-algebra teacher thinking back on oh, it gosh. in like seventh grade gave me. This has been years. Don't make this question too hard. Yeah, it's it's a good one for people because it's we don't think um, in a non-linear fashion. So sorry, that's as geeky as I'm going to get today. But that's. <laughs> This will help. So, okay. So, so uh, pretend uh, you still get an allowance from mom and dad. Okay. And you can give them two options and they'll accept either. Wow. Okay. The first is for the, for the month of April, 30 days. Okay. You can, they'll either give you $100,000 a day. I think I already like that. For 30 days. Or they will give you a penny and double it every day. For thirty days, so a hundred thousand a day for thirty days. So I get three hundred thousand. Yeah, they get. Yep, three million. Three million. I'm sorry, a hundred thousand a day. Wow, I'm mm-hmm. already blowing this question. Yeah, versus a penny that doubles every day. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at three million versus a penny. I think I'm going to take. I'm going to take the three million, Scott. Yeah, and that's what everyone would do. Um, Is everyone wrong? Yes. Wow. Yes, uh, because on the thirtieth uh, day. Your penny doubling turns into five point three nine million dollars. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. There's no way you can do the math. <laughs> and if you can't do the math, put it in Excel and give yourself a penny, and then make the penny turn into two, and then on the next day make it turn into four, and then sixteen. Yeah, and yeah. just keep doubling it every day. Yeah, you know, it's the thirtieth inc- day. It's incredible. Of course, we're looking here at the spreadsheet, and, and you're absolutely right. Of course, and it's it's like you said, we think linear in a linear fashion, and it just that's incredible. The one penny doubled every day turns close to $5.4 million of the course of one month, 30 days. Yeah. I don't know if mom and dad can afford that allowance. They probably can't, <laughs> uh, but it explains the power of compounding. Explains the power of compounding. Now, how does that apply to investing? Of course, that's not a practical real world example. We, in all honesty, take either of those examples, but it seems like the penny example is going to give almost twice as much. But how does this actually apply to me as an investor now? Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, and, you know, I mean, it just it reminds me, um, the penny example reminds me of, of Einstein's quote that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. Mm. And wise man. Very wise man. Yeah. But let's talk about how this actually applies to you and your life. Um, and your finances. As an investor, awesome. So where do I go get a, an investment that pays me 100% rate of return every day? I think that's my first question. Mm, that you, so you, you, <laughs> you might get those odds if you hit black every time on, 
on a roulette table. Wow. I don't even think those odds are that good. But um, <laughs> you're probably not going to. So maybe don't try to get a hundred percent return. Okay, so I'm not going to get there. Let's start with this. What is what will <laughs> what will the market give me? And let's in this example, let's use the S and P 500. Historically, what has that given me per year? Let's uh, start with. Let's that. just call it ten percent per year. Is what it's averaged okay. over time. Now, what do I do with that? So I'm an investor. I get 10% per year. How is that going to help me? What does that mean? So what it means is, is that every year you invest your 10%. Think of it this way. Like you can either go, you can either save money and do nothing with it. And then it just stays the same. $100 stays 100. Mm-hmm. Or you can go invest 100 and it turns into 110. Mm-hmm. But where compounding matters is now that 110, you've created 10 new dollars and those go work for you now too. So you're basically like, uh, you know, the way I've explained this to my son before is think of uh, uh, money as employees for you. And if you put your employees to work in the right places, they will create more employees. Mm. Makes sense? sense. Makes a lot of sense. So go do that. Go do that. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, to take this example further, let's say I have $10,000 I'm going to invest every year. And I do that for uh, five years and grow it. 10%. 10%. And am I a millionaire yet? Has that done it? No. And we can actually see this when you start thinking about doubling that penny. If you ever go look at it on an Excel sheet, you don't get really, really big returns until a long period of time has gone by. So if you take that $10,000 per year, you can get a 10% rate of return on it. This is an example. We're not saying that this is going to happen for you every single year. We'll get disclosure, to that. Disclosure, disclosure. Yes. Yeah. But uh, you go put $50,000 of input away, it should be worth on 10% growth about $61,000. So you've saved 50, it's gained 11, it's t- in total it's worth 61. Okay, so that that's cool, but I would I don't know if I go so far as to say that's magic yet. You said there's something about magic of compounding and you know, I put 50,000 away over 5 years and it grew another 11,000. Yep. Where does the magic come in, Scott? So if you do another 5 years, now you're at 10 years, so now instead of you know, now you're six, instead of 61,005 and 10, you have 159. Okay. Which means I've put in 100,000. Yep. So 10,000 per year for 10 years. And my money's grown by 59,000. So it's getting closer, but still, most of that money is my contributions. What's next? So the, the magic in our example here is going to start happening kind of after that next 10 years. Because now at 20 years, you've put in 20, 200,000. But the growth is 372000 So if you do that, you'd have a total of 572000 So yeah. I put 10000 a year in. It's growing at 10% per year. I do that for 20 years. I have a total balance of five seventy two, most of which now is growth. Yeah. Now let's take it out to 40 years, right? So at 40 years, you've put in $10,000 a year, $400,000. You've never touched it. It's grown at 10% per year. You now have about four point four million dollars. Wow. Well, that's still less than the allowance I was going to get in one month, but I guess it's still not bad. That's <laughs> still not bad. <laughs> still a good deal. <laughs> so that's where the magic really happens. I think is what we're trying to say. At forty years, you put in four hundred thousand dollars, but that money has earned you an additional four million dollars. And so I think when we look at the to go back to the example of five years in, you know, we had earned growth of, of $11,000, not bad. Yep. But the compounding, the magic of compounding that you're referring to, it takes some time. Right. Because every time you get more money that you've gained to go work on itself, it just helps speed up the process. So in the later years, the compound growth that happens is massive. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because when you look at that final balance 40 years later, if you're at 4.4 million, well, if you don't even add any money to it, but you get 10% growth on it, that alone is $440,000. Yeah. But the, the big takeaway here is that it requires patience. And the other big takeaway is that it's all about time in the markets. Mm-hmm. It's not about you know, timing the market. It's not about, um, I'll get started after I get this next thing done. It's no, 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 go get started yesterday. Yes. Yes. And I think the reason we wanted to to paint this picture here is because it's difficult. You know, you begin working with someone who's on an investment plan. They've been doing it for three years, four years, five years, and they look at their statements and they're saying, oh my gosh, the market's been doing so good. And and I've got some growth here, but I thought I was supposed to double, triple, quadruple my money. And the reality is, yes, you should be, but it's not going to happen in three years or four years or five years. It's very much a long-term game, which is why, you know, as cliche as it is, you need to be a long-term investor. That's not just a cliche for no reason. There's a very, a very good purpose behind that. Yeah. And the other thing is the doubling does happen. It's just the doubling's happening on small numbers. So it doesn't mm. seem that exciting, mm. right? Yes. Like turning a penny into two is not exciting. But on the 29th day, like turning a couple million dollars into five point, what was it? 5.39 million. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Good point. So the doubling has a much greater impact once you've already accumulated a nice balance and to accumulate that balance requires starting with smaller amounts that are compounding over time. Yeah. The biggest things are the amount of time you invest and the amounts that you save. Well, Scott, let me ask you this. Okay. I'm coming to you. I'm 55 years old. I'm saying, great. Okay. That works for someone who's got 30 years until they retire, but I want to retire in five to 10 years. How does this apply to me? I'm 55 years old. Still matters because you have to, not only when you want to retire, you need to probably live off of some of those assets. So now you need to be investing in a manner that allows them to grow and for you to take off of some of those investments as well. So you're still going to need to see this type of, you know, you're still, you, I don't, I'm not saying you need a 10% rate of return, right? <laughs> right. But you still need some type of a return to stay ahead of inflation, to keep your purchasing power and to create longevity for your portfolio. So it actually lasts for the 30 or 40 years that you need it. Exactly. Yeah. When I, when I look at this concept with clients and they're retired or about to retire, they're question to me or their feedback to me is, James, this is great and we get it. And if we were 30 years younger, we'd be applying this, but this isn't me. And, and I say it absolutely is you because if you're going to retire at 50, 55, 60, whatever it is, there's a pretty good chance you're still going to be living in 30 years. And living expenses aren't going to stop increasing for you just because you're retired. This is still certainly something we need to take, take advantage of. Now, to your point, do you need 10% per year? Do you need to be invested aggressively? Probably not with your whole portfolio. But you certainly need a part of it to be growing in this way so that when you're uh, in your 70s, 80s, 90s even, you have grown a significant amount to keep up with inflation and continue supporting living expenses. Right. And I think that's um, probably we could even talk about more on a different day. But people often think of safety when they think about retiring and they think like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to risk this. Well, if you make it really safe and hold it in cash, what you're risking is running out of money. Yes, no, <laughs> because, great point. That's, because you're losing to inflation, right? Which is just how much does a gallon of milk cost this year? It always costs more every year. So do healthcare costs. So does gasoline. So right. does other stuff. You have to look at what is your real risk here when, when making this decision. So, okay, this sounds great. So I can get 10% every single year, right, Scott? That's just, uh, you know, I put my money in the market and 10% no. every year? No, no. 
You're telling me that's not how it works? Yes. We wanted to give you an example that was really, really simple, right? But, and here's the thing, like the the S&P 500 return over time is on average 10%, but you never get the average return. Some years it's much, much higher. Some years it's much, much lower. And it's anywhere in between. It's in statistics. It's, you look at what's called a distribution to see where did all these different returns come in and what was the average or what was the mean return. And that's the average return, 10% over time. So what should I as an investor, what should I expect? So I'm doing this. I want to take advantage of the long-term growth that maybe something like the S&P 500 gets. So let's just assume 10% per year for right now. Again, disclosure, that's not past performance isn't any indication of future results. But let's assume that we're going to get 10% per year. What should I expect? How often, how frequently should I expect that? Um, Give me some sort of idea so I, I have the framework to view this in the right way instead of getting my hopes up for something that might not actually happen. Well, I'll put it back to what would you say about that? Well, I think you have to look at it statistically. And statistically, three out of four years, the S&P 500 goes up. Yeah, That's not to say it's up 10%, but it's up. It's it's not negative. It's not mm-hmm. flat. Yeah. The other 25% of the time, and we just saw this most recently in 2018, as we're recording this here at the beginning of 2019, the S&P 500 is down. Mm-hmm. And so what you need to keep in mind is, yes, if you're planning on taking advantage of this concept over 20 years, 30 years, 40 years or more, you can certainly plan to take advantage of it, but just understand there's going to be many years where you actually feel like you're taking a step backwards. You're putting your money in, you're working hard, you're sacrificing, and your money is going down in value. Yeah. And I mean, this is kind of getting off to a different topic, but think about it this way. If, if you didn't expect it to ever go down, you, the, the, the rate of return should be a lot lower because it should be risk-free if you don't ever think it's going to go down, mm-hmm. right? And what, what, all you have to do is go look at a U.S. Treasury bill, and that's the risk-free rate, right? right? That's what you can get, which right now is in like the 2% three to 3% range, depending on how far out you go on, the, on those bonds. But outside of that, like if you step up into any other market, your expectation should be that it can go down just as much as it can go up. Um, and that's kind of oversimplifying, but it's a good good frame of reference for you. Yeah, and I think really the point we want to get across is compounding works and compounding can take you a very long way in terms of building wealth, but you need to expect and you need to know for certain there will be downturns. Absolutely. And those downturns are not pleasant, they're not fun, but it is a natural part of investing. Well, I will actually say that if you're young and those downturns occur, you you should be jumping get for joy. Super excited. Yeah. Because it basically means you get to go buy stuff on sale. Mm-hmm. And if you're putting money away every single month and not worrying about it and you have it set to go invest every single month, it's amazing for stuff to go down. If you're retired, I hope you have a plan in place and you also have advi- kind of created for yourself what I would call a safe withdrawal rate. And if you've done that, you still shouldn't have to worry very much about what the market's doing. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So just know that on average, we don't need to go too in depth into statistics, but on average, uh, there are what are called bear markets, which is when the S&P 500 or any market for that matter dips below 20%. Now, on average, these bear markets go down about 30%. And from the time they start going down until the time they fully recovered, it takes about three years. Some are longer, some are shorter. But you need to keep this in mind that as you're investing in order to take advantage of this compound growth, Expect for there to be times where for two years, three years, four years, five years in a row, you feel like you're not making much money. That is going to be the case, but you need to understand that ahead of time so that in the midst of those, I'll call those trials, you don't make a mistake and bail out on the plan 
the overtime will get you that strong compounding growth. Yeah, I think the other key takeaway there to remember those that 10% average return on the S&P 500 includes those downturns. That's all Good built point. in. Yes. Right? Like it's yes. not like, oh, that's this scary thing that's not built in. You no, get 10% no, if you avoided those downturns. No, you you got them despite those downturns. You you get the 10% because you go on that ride. Right. <laughs> if you don't go on that ride, you get a risk-free return that's a lot less. Exactly. I think that brings up a good point, Scott, that we're, we're using the number 10% per year because that's what the S&P 500 has averaged historically. That's not to say a 10% per year is what every investor should expect. Based yeah. on your goals, based on your risk tolerance, based on what you need, you may or may not have a portfolio that's even designed to get that much growth. Um, so t- take that with a grain of salt that these are just numbers we're using for illustrative purposes, not necessarily because that's what every investor should expect to get. No, for sure. I mean, and I mean, most people aren't going to be invested 100% in the market anyway. But I think the key takeaways are compounding is very powerful. So powerful. Albert Einstein made it the eighth wonder of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, growth of wealth happens over time. And the longer you invest, the more you're going to allow compounding to work, the more wealth you're going to create. And what else do you think we should take away from this? I think the last point is it takes discipline. You know, it works. It's proven to work. It works over time, but it requires patience. It requires discipline. And it really just requires the knowledge that you're not going to get 10% or 6% or 8% or any percent year in, year out. There's going to be ups and downs. Don't panic. That's part of investing. But that's what it takes to get these returns that build your wealth over time. Absolutely. Awesome. Sweet. Very good. Well, thanks, Scott. Anything else you want to add? No, we'll see you guys next week. Perfect. See you all next week. Everyone go home and ask mom and dad for that penny allowance and you'll be wealthy in no time. Well, maybe you have a grandma or grandpa who has been saving for 40 or 50 years. They might be able to do that. They may be able to do that. Yeah. But they'll also be smart enough to say no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. (laughs) If only. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. See ya. Thank you for listening to episode number 10 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. And for a list of the resources and notes that we spoke about on today's episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co and find episode number 10. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe so you never miss out as a new episode is released every Wednesday morning. And if you're enjoying the episode, please let us know by writing us a review. That would be very helpful and it would help more people find our show. If you have a question that you want us to answer on a future episode, then head over again to the Real Personal Finance website. Again, that's realpersonalfinance.co. And there'll be a section on the bottom of each page where you can submit your very own question that Scott and I will answer on a future episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.